welcome to Parsha in Progress. I'm Abigail Pogrebin, author of My Jewish Year. And I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, president of Yeshivat Chovevei Torah Rabbinical School. And we're two very different Jews talking the same Torah together. This week is Parshat Achremot in the book of Leviticus. And Achremot means after the death, referring to the death of Aaron's sons. If you'll remember, God killed Aaron's sons when they offered a firepan without being instructed. Right, we talked about that death in a previous Parsha in Progress episode. You know, their sin is still hard for me to fathom. Well, I'll refer you to our previous Parsha in Progress episode, Abby, if you want to review. It's a good reason for everyone to go back and listen to them all. <laughs> exactly. So, this Parsha picks up after that event, and tells Aaron what special rites he has to perform and what sacrifices he has to offer if he wants to enter into the Holy of Holies, the innermost sanctum of the temple. Which very few people ever saw, right? Correct. Only and, the high priest. And in addition to everything that Aaron has to do inside the temple, there is also an outside ritual list of things he has to do to cleanse our sins, right? And including an animal is conscripted to schlep our vices, our sins, off into the sunset. Is schlep the uh, King James version? There, yes. Abby? Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> so there is an animal that is basically has to bear this burden and shoulder our sins. Correct. And which poor animal is that that is cho is chosen to do this task? The, the goat. goat. Right. We are talking about the famous goat. Not the most poetic animal on which to offload our errors, but yes, this explains the origin of the word scapegoat. I find that a fascinating tidbit. So what is this goat supposed to do for us, Dove? Well, in biblical times, you know, sin was thought of as something concrete, something that wasn't just a state of mind, but something that like really existed in the world. You know, it wasn't something you could touch, but it was still there and it would weigh you down. So when the for example like if the, when the Torah describes God's attribute of forgiving sins it says God is noseavon which means carries the sin God lifts the sin off of our backs and, and that's relevant here because the goat is doing the carrying right right so let's look at the verses we're going to read Leviticus starting at 16:8 and Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats there are two goats one's going to be killed and the other one's going to be sent off one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the Azazel. We're going to discuss what Azazel is in a minute. But the goat on which the lot fell to be for the Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for the Azazel into the wilderness. So what's Azazel, Dove? So that is a great question, Abby, and it will come as no surprise that it's a matter of debate. Uh, some understand that this is some demon um, or demonic force, and others translate it as wasteland or the desert. Or kind of hell. Kind of a hell, yes. Um, but let's get back to the ghost. So we're going ahead to verses 21-2. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions in all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat in the wilderness. So basically we're talking about a goat getting heaped with all of our sins and then being sent off a cliff to its death. Okay, so like in the Bible, this actually makes sense. Sin, you know, was a felt thing, and rather than here than God lifting the sin off of our backs, the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, takes them, 
and places them on the goat. Takes the sins. Takes the sins. And now the goat is carrying those sins into the wilderness, far away from us. And it's through this ritual that we cast our sins away and we achieve atonement. Which is like Toshlik. When we, on Rosh Hashanah afternoon, we go to a river or another body of moving water and we throw bread into, into this moving lake or river or stream as a way of ridding ourselves of our sins. Right. Just like that, which is why I don't do Tashlich, because it feels like we're cheating, like we do some ritual and that's how we achieve forgiveness. But I say, no way. I mean, it's too easy. It's unearned. Whatever happened to Tshuva? Wait a minute, Dove. You don't do Tashlich? An Orthodox rabbi skips Tashlich? Uh, I'm one of those Tashlich-averse Orthodox rabbis. I don't know if you've heard of us. But anyway, you know, this breadcrumb tossing thing is really a later custom, post-Talmudic, and it doesn't have that same source in law. And I feel that it distracts us on Rosh Hashanah from the real work that we need to be doing. And when you say real work... Yeah, tshuva, repentance, excavating your character, thinking about whom you hurt in the past year, who you have, to, who you, from whom you have to seek forgiveness, doing remorse, trying to do better in the future. And I agree that the that the real work of atonement is internal. It's private, and it's it should be in a way more painful, should it not? I mean, we should be suffering. It shouldn't be easy. Right. I mean, I'm not. I don't feel you, that. You, it needs to be painful, but it definitely needs to be internal and work and done. And it's not always necessarily private. I mean, sometimes you have to ask forgiveness directly from people that you hurt. Um, but I do think that it is important to think about change and transformation as central to what this is about. I like the physicalization of atonement. Just to get back to Tashlik for a minute, I realize that breadcrumbs can't replace penitence and the elbow grease of really doing that work. But our tradition gives us something to do for a change, you know, not just something to think about and ruminate about. So obviously I've never tried saddling a goat with my sins. It's kind of attractive to me, but I do look forward once a year to tossing my mistakes in the water. I will admit that because that ritual, which which frankly I do with my children each year, um, which is very meaningful and I think pretty kind of concrete to them, it requires me to focus on each crumb as I throw it. Hmm. And I, I do ask myself, like, what am I ashamed of? What am I promising to do better? Wow. Uh, so, Abby, that is fascinating. I have never heard somebody be that intentional about Tashlich. And I have to tell you that— Are you rethinking it? Am I, I persuading you? You know, you are. And in I think, as with many things, it's not just about the ritual, but what you bring to it. And I also think, in general, in recent years, maybe I've been mellowing and uh, decided I'm not going to be such an elitist or a nitpicker. I don't and, think you're mellowing. It's uh, <laughs> not accurate. Okay. Well, in my own mind, in my own mind. But um, but I do think that even though the the focus really needs to be internal, in general, rituals are, are really powerful. And as Jews, of course, that's our emphasis on mitzvot. We believe in the power of our actions. You know, that mitzvot, mitzvot meaning commandments. Commandments and good deeds. And these things not only, you know, uh, are objectively good things, but they shape us and our character and our beliefs and our inner spiritual life. So I think if we are really doing the internal work we need to do on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, I can definitely get behind a ritual expression like Tashlich. Well, I'm so glad that I persuaded you even slightly. You know, you made an interesting point. We were studying this partially together before today, um, that it lays out only the ritual that our to-do list 
uh, is, you know, very clearly in the text, but not what we're supposed to strive for, not how we're supposed to actually repent. To do the repentance, that's not in the text at all. Yeah, I mean, that's act totally correct. And I, I think we have to separate those two ideas. Atonement, which is like the end result when our sins are forgiven, they're wiped clean, we get a fresh start, we're not being held accountable for what we did in the past. And repentance, which is this process of remorse and taking responsibility and trying to fix what was done, making sure it won't happen again. So we always assume that you need the teshuva, the repentance and the remorse in order to achieve the atonement. But in the Torah, atonement is really much more about sacrifices and this ritual acts than it is about the internal work. I actually think that bears repeating. In the Torah, atonement is more about offering animal sacrifices or sending goats off into the sunset. And there's very little about how to look honestly at ourselves. That's kind of incredible. It is. And, you know, the rabbis really were the ones to put our focus on repentance. But even when it comes to a communal sacrifice like the scapegoat, I think the Torah is telling us that our sins do, in fact, weigh us down. And our guilt over past actions prevent us from achieving our fullest potential. So one day a year on Yom Kippur, it's like amnesty day. You know, the Torah is saying, just show up and you get a fresh start. Because sometimes the best way to become a better person is to leave one's past mistakes behind rather than spending all of our efforts obsessing over them. Ah, but then what will become of Jewish guilt? You know, Abby, I don't think we're at risk of running out of that anytime soon. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Parsha in Progress is written and hosted by Rabbi Dove Linzer and Abigail Pogrebin. It's produced by Shira Talishkin. The show is executive produced by Josh Cross and Tablet Magazine. If you like the show, head over to iTunes and leave a review, rate us. That always helps more people find out about Parsha in Progress. And make sure to tell all of your friends. You can also write to us at parshainprogress at tabletmag.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.